Hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another edition of Adventures in Careerland. I'm your host, Adriano Magnifico. I'm the career lead at the Lurie Arts and Tech Center. And the Lurie Arts and Tech Center is that special applied learning, technical learning, and apprenticeship learning space where students choose another addition to their academic program, to their educational program, where they want a little more technical skill. They want a little bit that, little bit of the hands-on feeling about learning that can connect them to future possibilities. It may be plumbing, it may be automotive, it may be childcare, it may be culinary, it may be pastry. And of course, one of the programs of the 13 is the broadcast media program, of which I am the obvious beneficiary, because I get to work with students in the broadcast media program. And I am in my home, the, the Yellow Room, affectionately known as the Yellow Room, and uh, because I've had a knee replacement surgery, and uh, it's coming along. And I appreciate everybody's well wishes, and I, I, I'm, I'm gratified. A lot of people are sending me emails and text messages saying, how are you? How's the knee getting on? So appreciative, especially the ATC staff, the Arts and Tech Center staff. Beautiful people. I appreciate them reaching out and just seeing how I am. So thanks very much for all that. And we've got an incredible show today because this is the last show of season number five. Dun, 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 dun. We need some I'm sound the hand Okay, the hand gesture, season number five, and season number five is, is episode 12, and it's number 62 in the long continuum of Adventures in Career Land podcast. And again, it's amazing that uh, we've had this many guests and we've had this long flow of, of, of podcasts and, and just great conversations. This podcast is all about career conversations and about inspiring people to see that when you're trying to figure out where your best fit is in life or your best fit maybe for a career or what your next move or plan may be, it's really inspirational. It's really useful and practical sometimes to listen to other people's journeys and how they iterated their journeys. And so that's what it's been all about. And we've had some great folks on this podcast from people who are just in first year university to third year university to people who have excelled in industry and have made their path. And we've been grateful for all of their contributions to help inspire young people about possibilities. It's a daunting challenge to figure out where your career path may lie. And if we can provide an extra little resource for you, uh, an extra piece of inspiration, a story that may be similar to yours or a little different, but which ignites your curiosity and makes you think, hey, why can't I do that? Then we've accomplished our task in creating this podcast. And of course, I'm in the broadcast media program and I'm in my house, but I know my able team from the broadcast media program makes me very sad. You might see tears flowing down the side of my face <laughs> or or my eyes extremely wet and red because this is our last podcast with these two people who have been working with me for over a year and we get to know each other over that time and it's been my pleasure it's been my privilege to work with these two students so i'm appreciative to mr plate platenick uh mr p as he's known in the program who runs the broadcast media program for training and providing these students as the great contributors to this program. And the, I, I, it's just been my, my great pleasure to work with them. So, CJ, 
identifies Hello. they them. How are you? I'm doing good as usual. Um, it's 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 a big episode. I'm 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 excited to see where this episode is going to go because it's been such a great experience to interview so many different people and like oh, yes. even especially looking at um, I know me and Andre's first episodes mm-hmm. compared to where we are now. It's Ooh. it's such a big difference. I'll tell you, yeah. If you I look back at the episodes in season four. I think the first episode, yeah, it was with me. Yeah. Look back at that, I'm like, ooh. I know, I know. I? Same here. When I look Changed back at so much. When I look back at my episode, I'm like, oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> but that's totally okay, right? And and of course, Andre Boisjoli identifies he him. Uh, welcome as well to you. We've heard your voice, so mm-hmm. it's so nice to have you. And you you had a couple of difficulties. Sometimes you were sick, mm-hmm. and you were you're out of town, so it's Life hard to get in here sometimes. Yeah. So it totally happens. And I I just appreciate you being a part of this podcast. Being a part of it, but you're you're bringing up the good point. You're talking about growth and a growth mindset, right? When you started out here, do you remember me having conversation? And of course, this podcast is about you two and about not you two, the band. You know, <laughs> See, now I get although, that reference. Although Bono is one of my favorites, right? I still haven't yeah. found what I'm looking for. That's part of the Great podcast. Song. That's part of the career mantra. Mm-hmm. We still haven't found what we're looking for kind of thing. Yeah. But Gotta play that on the way home. It is that you're going to play it all the time, but it, it it really is. Are you guys into you two and Bono? No, I've listened I've to a couple songs. Heard a couple songs. Nobody likes CJ. Mm. I don't listen well, that, to it regularly. That, that Joshua, you know, when I, when I was in my twenties or thirties or whatever, that Joshua Tree album was everybody's hit list. Oh my gosh, that was just an amazing album. Anyway, what a band! But this is what this whole podcast is about, right? It's about growth, and it's about where did I start and where did I where did I come to at the end? And then what's what's the plan moving forward? And so when I think back to where you began, um, I remember those conversations, CJ, Andre. You both were very reluctant to talk. Oh, yeah. Because that's a challenge, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and it, it's one of the things that I always talk to students about. There's three things that are going to happen to you in your life. Number one is you're going to leave high school, and unfortunately, some people get kicked out. Some people are dragged across that line. Some people meander blandly with a 70% through high school, and some people leave with incredible marks and and exit awards, right? You see that in your own schools, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where where you just see that happening. And the majority of, all, the majority of students in schools are those 70 percenters for whom there is no specialty programming, for whom... There is no attention, right? Because they're going to graduate and 70% is a decent mark. But do those students have or have they had the ability to think and reflect about who they are and what's important to them and what the path may look like? And that's something we've talked about on this podcast a lot. You started out, I always say to students, you're going to leave high school. The second thing is you're going to have to talk about yourself to somebody who matters, maybe an employer, maybe a scholarship adjudicator. It may be someone in an elevator. It may be a relative at a wedding who can have some influence or someone you meet for the first time in a cold call, but you're going to have to do that. And the third one is you're going to look for work. You all are going to do that. Are those fair to say? No, completely. Yeah. Especially, I am since, going to look for especially since we got internships coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yes, really and, open and, and that's up the, the doors. great thing. Oh, and, and they do. And, and that's what we'll talk about a bit. But the importance of you learning how to talk or just when I say learning, just I think it's dormant in every person. And that's why I 
do you remember me pulling you aside sometime and say, hey, you know, CJ, is it possible for you to take that moment and ask that question? Or I said, Andre, Mm-hmm. There was a moment yeah. there where you could have asked that question. Yeah. And I was just trying to spur you on to make you think about it's sitting in you to ask because the theory I have about that is this dormancy in you and in most students comes out to play perfectly here. Now these questions come out of you naturally. Do you feel that way? Talk about that a bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, we've definitely had that talk where, you know, you pull me aside and we t- <laughs> there's nothing bad about it. Like no, no, it's, it only, no, it's, it, it's never meant to be bad. Exactly. Right? It's it meant o- to say, here's an opportunity for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it only helped me, I would say, to obviously become a better interviewer. It helped me to become, ask better questions and also just not be scared to ask the question when it arises. I yeah. found myself, let's say in the first few episodes, you could say I was maybe holding myself back yes. a lot. The questions were in my head, but I was also nervous to ask them. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't come out as often. And... As if if you listen to the episodes, episode by episode, you can see yeah, I ask more questions. I get I, <laughs> I get more interested. I get more involved. Exactly. But yeah, it, it's really it all starts with people who like you, Mister Magnifico, who start and motivate you to do stuff like that. Because mm. yeah, I, I I did need that. I did need the the magnif- Magnifico pep talk to kind of <laughs> get me up and running. Yeah, but, and uh, I'm I'm gonna steal a quote that one of our guests said. I'm not sure how long ago it was but uh they said to seek discomfort and i'm pretty sure magnifico has made us do that whether we like it or not but it has helped i think that was uh justin patrocinio in episode three yes yeah yes Yes, it it absolutely was but that's an interesting piece and it's funny you say that and cj you can comment on this too but you said um well i'll I'll paraphrase a bit if i got it wrong exactly but you were talking about the questions about you you feel more comfortable asking questions because in school do you ask a lot of questions in the regular school system i do <laughs> or, or do you or, or do you just take it in and then when you ask questions does it make it more difficult for you you know what i'm saying like are you encouraged to ask the questions and just make sure they come out mm-hmm. or do you just absorb the information consume no, the information and go off not at all. In uh, high schools, I feel like they don't encourage questions, especially in my high school, because when I would ask a question, it would feel more like um, like I'm being a burden because everyone's like, oh, I just want the class to end. Why are you making it go longer by asking that questions? That is true. Yeah. So. I mean, there is a time and place to ask questions. I mean, mm-hmm. but I think most of the time when you ask questions is when you're doing the lesson itself, when you're actually learning, when you're, you know, studying for the test. I think, you know, teachers should be open to ask questions. Usually they are. Yeah, the teachers are usually are. But it's you just... could say, you know, when you're in class and you're doing a lesson, you know, there's 15 minutes left to class and you raise your hand, you know, everybody <laughs> is going to look at you and say, oh, yeah. and say after the class, why did you ask that question? Well, I wanted to know. I wanted to learn. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a certain stigma around that. And that's exactly. an odd thing. Like, That's an odd thing where it should be a place where questions are completely encouraged, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and, and it should be a place where your curiosity is at the zenith. It's just, it, it should be overflowing. And the teacher should have the great burden of handling all your curiosity. But it doesn't always work out that way. And I'm not, I'm not saying teachers are bad at their job or anything like that. I just mean we, somehow we've created this culture where if we can get through the lesson and move on to the next subject and then finish that one and move on to the next subject, then we, um, we've completed our day. When my day is always filled with curiosity, I ask questions all the time. I drive my wife nuts about everything, about 
why are we doing this or where is this? And there is a danger in asking why all the time too, yeah. just to be clear. And mm. you'll run into that. I ask why in the division all the time. It doesn't always put me uh, in in the best light because it means you're being overly critical sometimes. How do you feel about that? I agree with that. And this might be a bad example, but especially when it's like children, they ask <sighs> why about every single thing find out the, there. Yeah, the age where you ask the most whys is when you're three years old, <laughs> yeah. when your consciousness have, is starting to develop, and you go and you go, why? Like I had, I had, I had uh, I, we all, we've all had that toddler, exactly. that cousin. My you favorite know, one is when uh, my, uh, I think she's a cousin. I'm not sure what she is, mm -hmm. but um, she asked, "Why is the sky blue?" And I'm like, "How am I supposed to answer this to a five year old?" Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. It's just blue. But why? <laughs> exactly. Well, talk about the refraction of, uh, of 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 the spectrum. I don't understand why you just just can't tell the kid. Yeah, that. she won't understand any of that. Okay. All right. I, I, don't, I, don't, only, I don't even know what I just only said. Be more wise if you explain that. Yeah, I just yeah. give up at one point because eventually it gets to wise that I literally just cannot answer. Yeah. But you know there's lots of research and I've written about it and I've I've um there there's a great um head talk by uh, Mr. Ro um I, I forget the fella. He passed away unfortunately by uh Mr. Robinson, I believe. Anyway, he talks about the diminishing creativity in students and there's lots of other research about this. And as you move from the elementary grades up to high school, where your creativity, this sense of asking why, your curiosity diminishes by the time you get to grade 12. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that happens? Uh, Ken Robinson. Yeah, Ken Robinson. Wow. Yeah, right on. Why do you think that happens? Why do you think high school suddenly diminishes your creativity? Mm. Hmm. That's a great question. Good I mean, question, I mean, yeah. if you look at like, Personally, I think it's like this is a bad way to put it, but I think it's the students being fed up with the system, honestly, because it's the same routine over and over. And then you have the stigma with asking questions. Everyone just wants to finish the class and go home. And then you have um, like there's only certain time slots. You don't really get any free time to be curious about stuff. It's just kind of like class to class to class. OK, you have a bit of lunch to hang out with your friends and that's about it. And then by the time you're about to graduate, you don't really know what you're going to do afterwards. So there's the stress of that. And then you're just like, well, I, I guess I just have nothing to do. I think a lot of people just kind of start giving up once it gets to that point. I mean, I'll just go off of what you're saying about, you know, do schools kill, kill creativity? Mm. In one sense... I guess they do, but they also do not. I mean, it is a space for yes. creativity. There yeah. are time and spaces for that. But when it comes to, like, for example, uh, a class size, um, sometimes I have a class of, like, 25 or 30. And when you think about of that, for one teacher, it's a lot of kids. Mm. It's a lot of kids to manage. to nurture each, like, e manage, but also to nurture and, and to, to, to encourage that creativity for each and every single child, right? Mm. So that's why I think during the pandemic with the smaller classes, it was better because you could have more one on one time with teachers. That is true. They were more mm -hmm. available on teams. They, they mm -hmm. said they said, right. It's like, yeah, if you have a question, just let's set up a meeting on teams. I, th I feel like it was it, it's funny saying this, but it was almost easier to connect with your teacher when it was on teams yeah. because they were always there. But also then you think, well, the teacher also have, has a life out of school. You don't want to bother them too much. So. 
during school hours, though, you could send a message. True, very simple. True. They usually respond pretty quick. Whereas if it's in person, uh, they could be on like a lunch break or something, or they could be running around the school. Or of course, there's other students, so they'd have to get to them first. And then it's kind of like, oh, well, mm -hmm. there's five minutes left in the class. Can you ask me that question later yeah. or something? And I find that, for example, I've already done this. You know, you raise your hand in math class, for example, <laughs> or you raise your hand in English class, and then you wait. You wait. The teacher yep. says. Sure, I'll, I'll get to you. Yeah. The class ends and the teacher never gets to you and you mm. go to the other class, it kind of, you know, you feel discouraged. Exactly, exactly. You don't, f and it's, right? And it's not the teacher's fault all the time. No, sometimes it's not. Sometimes they forget and sometimes, like, they have so much stuff going on, they got to do assignments or they're grading tests or something and they just don't get to you. Yeah, so it all comes yeah. to... Yeah, Well, that may have a... That may be influenced by the... Uh, because um, the pedagogical format where the teacher's at the front of the room and so mm -hmm. if you're administering that way if you're delivering that way where you're one person talking and there's 25 people in the pews then uh it is difficult i i just think the pedagogy in schools is slowly gonna change or it will change or it has to change like project-based learning is very prominent in a lot of classrooms where people are working on teams and they're encouraged to come up with driving questions and to become more empathetic about um uh, the topics that they're trying to uh, kind of write about or think about or talk about or or, or, or create. So those things, I think those things are coming. Uh, I, I think they're already out there. But overall, I think the teacher is still the person at the front of the room and, and is, is kind of in charge running things, which is all okay. I mean, there's that's just, for me, that's pedagogical. You have to figure that out. And, well, it com uh, also comes with a, a certain reform to public education. Education is always changing, right? Mm. Education from 20 years, 30 years, even 50 years. Like it's, it's, it's so different to how it is today. There is light at the end of the tunnel. I believe there's light at the end of the tunnel. Actually, I, talked to, I had the chance to speak to the divisional trustees recently, a couple of them, four. I'm going to interview all of them. And I talked to them about you know, changes that have been made throughout the system, mm. throughout the years. Uh, one specifically was in the system for about 45 years. She says she's seen it all. Right, students struggling, students not 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 being cared and having attention or, or stuff like that. Right, so there are always changes being done. Maybe they'll be, but it'll Sometimes never be it perfect. Sometimes it takes a really long time to implement them, though. Too true. Like yeah. it could take years and years to implement one change into the system because it's just You're such right. a traditional right. system. It and it's huge mm. and it's huge right like school is perceived as in september is there someone at the front of the room and there are 25 people in that space and uh, and until you change that paradigm of, of school and that's where the the uh, the uh, the pandemic created some interesting possibilities for online work it didn't work for everyone but it did work for some right mm. and so it, it offered some spaces for people to engage learning in different ways and almost to become a little more uh, student-centered in, in doing some of the work. So I think, and it, it trained every teacher in how to use the online processes, right, and protocols, which mm -hmm. is which is kind of cool. So that's good. Hey, I want to ask you a couple other things. That was an interesting conversation, as usual. Um, what, what's been the effect of this podcast on you two people? In what What's sense? been the effect of it? it just <laughs> how has it changed you or not changed you? Or um, how is this of a, a benefit to you moving forward, having done this podcast? Well, I've had the chance to meet a bunch of amazing people, CEOs, uh, Kevin Hirschfield, man on the 10 o'clock news. You get to meet 
different people. They all have their own unique stories. I feel as though every time we do an interview, it really opens up my mind to a clearer worldview. The only way we can get together and agree with each other, agree with each other and create peace in the world is by understanding each other and understanding our differences. So for example, this podcast kind of offers that, you know, that opportunity for people to come. Obviously we focus on careers, but we also get into, you know, their personal journeys, mm -hmm. uh, where it has brought them and stuff like that. And it's all, it, it all comes together, I say, at, uh, at the end of it. But how is it? it but that, that's like, you know, you could say. That's my the, the big brain of how it has the, changed the me. Wise words the wise words that I've just that has just come out of my mouth. But uh, <laughs> I'd say uh, another way that has changed me is uh, well, obviously the the skills that I've acquired from being on this podcast, obviously mm -hmm. interviewing, editing, producing, uh, stuff like that, all essential skills that I will need in the broadcasting industry. I'll pass it on to CJ. I think I've said enough. <laughs> you can keep talking. You like you talk about it. Great, like. For myself, I know I have become super talkative. I was, I'm, I'm the quiet, shy kid who doesn't like talking to people. And then I took a jump and got on this podcast and started talking to so many different people and so many strangers. Even in the program in general, I've mm -hmm. talked to so many different people and I never would have thought I could become this talkative. It's come to the point where sometimes you have to remind seat. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also being able to hear like different stories as Andre said and different experiences because me myself I'm not really sure where I'm gonna go like this this entire program that I I took was just a leap of faith pretty much because I'm like I really don't know what I want to do so I'll take this and see if it's something I'm interested in so I am planning of maybe going into something in this field but to hear people who go to university and people who don't is very interesting to hear the different experiences because you always have people pushing you to go to university or college and then when you hear success stories of people who don't then you're like okay maybe the traditional thing of going to university and everything isn't needed because some people have still found success even before like they've left high school which is crazy to think about that's a great point because um there was when I was growing up, it was certainly a sense of go to university and your and your 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 fallback position was Red River. Mm -hmm. It was certainly go to school, go to school, go to school. But there are some very successful people who go to work or start small ventures uh, and who go to school later as they decide here are the skills I need to get and here's the education that will connect me to those skills. People are very practical now, right? There's mm -hmm. a lot of um, there's a lot of thinking around how will this skill connect me to work and to my best self moving forward, right? Do you feel that way? Like I'm going to be much more selective? What's your plan? And then, and then my bigger thing is what's your plan when you leave this? You're going back to your high school to finish your, your final semester. And then you're off into the world. What is each of your plan right now? What are you thinking? What's my plan? What's your big plan my, in the my, world? My big plan? No, no. what's your next step? My next your step. Your next step. It, it can be a visionary plan, but it can mm -hmm. be, what's your next step? Are you going to Crecom at Red River? Or are you going into university? Are you choosing something at Red River? Are you going, yeah. You're going to go directly to work and try things out for a while. Well, I think I will go to work after this program, but also with that work, I'll also, you know, further develop my education in this field because I know it's something that I want to pursue. 
I'm not, I don't think I'll be going to a program thinking, what am I going to do with this? What am I going to like, I won't, when I go into a program that will be, you know, in this field and it'll be related, I won't be lost in, you know, my, my path and my future. Cause I have, but, you, but, yeah. but it's because this program has allowed me to, you know, find what I really like and what I truly appreciate. And it is broadcast media, I'd say. Mm -hmm. So I can't, I know for everybody else, it, I, they, they can't say the same, but I mean, I, I feel personally that I, I'll kind of know a bit where I'm going to go. I won't be lost. I won't, I, I hope I won't be working so you have as a, a direction. You have, for the rest you of my have life, a direction. Right? Yeah, of, I have a direction. Like, um, well, your yeah, your skills are a great value though. Like your video editing skills, your your problem solving skills, like like the things you've done in this program, your giant event planning and implementation skills on your resumes, those have to show up. Are you putting these on your resume? Even this podcast and the collection of podcast episodes that you've been a part of, you guys have been a part of at least twenty, haven't mm -hmm. you? Mm. At least, yeah, that's for sure. I think more than any other group. So uh, these are important pieces to put on because people like to see not just that you've done a little project, but that there's a certain longevity to a project and that you've grown the project. So my sense to you is I think we've gone from eight or nine viewers to 10 or 11 viewers. There's real growth here. <laughs> That's a big jump. Holy smokes. It's huge, huge. And I, I, and, and I think on your resumes, you need to communicate those pieces to people that you've done this work and all of the skills involved in setting up being a part of the control room, being a part of the editing process, being a part of the hosting, being a part of the planning and implementation. Those are enormous pieces that can be put on a resume. Mm -hmm. I would turn this podcast piece into a direct experience on your resume. I can show you how to do it if you like, but it's it's an easy one when you talk about your broadcast media experiences. You've done a little bit on your own in the class, right? Haven't you done five or six yeah. podcasts? We have, uh, yeah. But, but, but this is the longevity one, right? Yeah. Exactly. This is the big one. This is the one for who, for which you were selected, right? Out of mm -hmm. the whole group, you were selected to do this. Yeah. That's a very yeah. special piece Speaking too. Speaking of those skills and everything, um, like the with all the skills that we've learned in this program, which is a ton, I've learned so many different skills that um, I kind of had at the beginning, but then also new ones. And uh, I'm not quite like Andre by going into um, any sort of university right away or anything mm -hmm. like that. I'm thinking more of getting a job uh, right after, if possible. And then yeah. obviously if that job doesn't work or if I can't really find a place to work uh, for a while, maybe I'm like hopping between jobs, not knowing what I'm going to do, then I would go back to university and take a class later on. Um, I don't think my mom will like the sound of that because she, <laughs> <laughs> she wants me to go right after high school. But I told her that um, I'm planning on getting a job and if that doesn't work out then I will go back and take more classes. But even even after you're done this course and come September 2023 mm. I mean I don't think it's wrong to also take you know that uh, gap year that gap year. Ooh, parents what, don't like gap years. Mr. Magnific what do you think about gap years? Well there's an entire organization with whom I connect called uh, I forget what it's called, but it's all about the gap year. If yeah. I can, if you want, really? I can connect you to this organization. They will help you plan the most meaningful gap year you can imagine. Hmm. And th there are people, there are companies connected to who ha whose mandate is to help you create the gap year that will help connect you to the best possibilities. It's full of activities, full of connections to people, uh, full of some soulful thinking about who you are, what's important to you, and trying out activities. And they could be overseas or they just could be in this space. Uh, but there are organizations now that help you with a gap year. 
So there you are, have to be ready. So there you are ways. Ready. So there are ways of using that gap year to create something. You know. Per, oh yeah, of course. Personally, I think gap years are like an amazing thing to take because um, I remember. I don't know if it was in science class or a psychology class or whatever class it was, but um, they said around the age of twenty-one, I believe, is when your brain is fully developed and you know fully what you want to do. So if you go to university right after high school, a lot of people end up dropping out because they just take a class that they're like, mm, I'll try it. I don't know if I want to do it, and then they'll drop out, and a couple of years later they'll go back and do something they're actually interested in. No, that's true, and. Uh... There is research to show that people who just go into those first years of university and they're 18 or 19, they change their majors a lot like because they discover things as they move and they iterate through courses and discover, I like this, I like this, this sticks to me, this gravitates to me, I'm, I'm going to move on. So there is this ambiguity around what should I do when you go to U1 or you try those first years of university and there's research that shows the majors change constantly, and the major means the one, the pieces you want to specialize in with a little more dexterity and 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 and, and energy. So, but the gap year can be interesting as long as there's reflection, right? Everything is about reflection. When I talk to you about collecting dots, remember the big piece is connecting those dots, and connecting those dots is all about reflecting on what you've collected. And in this program, you've collected a lot. You're going back to your high schools, where you're going to collect new dots. Will you now bring a different lens to the courses you're taking and a different perspective, a different inquisitive nature to the courses you're taking because you've been in a hands-on program mm -hmm. and you've worked in this podcast and you've worked with me in career development? So you're thinking differently now with every, with every new action step you take? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, personally, I love hands-on experiences, so I've loved this program a ton because um, yes, I like writing essays and and reading books and whatever else. Everybody you do. likes writing essays. Uh, no, oh, yeah, no <laughs> but um, hands-on experience is a lot more beneficial to me, at least, because you actually get to see what you're doing and kind of have a like feel experience to describe it, where uh, you have that memory of like literally what you do, rather than just having something that you have to watch it happen you do it yourself and i find it's easier to learn it that way mm -hmm. no. no you're right about that in fact it's uh uh when you even write if you're a writer cj uh when you write i'll give you a quick example i wrote an article for the globe and mail about um karate class i took i was looking at, you know middle-aged guy in my 50s looking for an activity to keep me in shape so i went to a karate class and I experienced the karate class. And I wrote about it for the Globe and Mail. I couldn't have written that article until I experienced the karate class from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Until I did a hands-on experience you, but, of getting hit in the head a couple of times yeah. by a foot at this karate class. And thinking, this is not my gig. Right? With, and with a bad knee. This is not my gig. So it's interesting. The hands-on piece spurs on this other sense of creativity. That's what I say to you. When you experience it directly and when you experience it intrinsically, your ability, your sensory perception of what happened to you is really powerful. And watch your write. If you like to write, watch your writing take off. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? No, I completely, I like that, that karate class <laughs> analogy you just made. It, but yeah, that, that is true. You could, you know, read the textbook in class. You can, 
you could you could or you could read all you want about the about karate and how to do it and what they do in karate the moves of karate you know but you don't really know it until you actually do it exactly yes after yes. you've had that experience and like you want to do something you know you want to maybe use your experience while you know maybe you're in a production for now i'm talking about broadcast media <laughs> or you want to use that experience you know when you want to you write your article on karate it'll it'll be so much richer in in content but it but it'll it'll also yes. be more meaningful at the end right? yes yes I, I mean and that's where you you'll move forward now because you've been in these programs and applied learning you, you've been in an applied learning program where it was dependent on you finishing things touching things making things work running down the sidelines with those cameras in the dead of winter Every sense in your body is on fire when you're doing that. There is nothing that will connect you to that experience. And whether or not it is something you want to connect with more than actually doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the problem sometimes. I'll give you a quick example too. I've been an English teacher for a lot of my life. And um, I taught students how to write. The difficulty was I didn't write too much. And at some point in my life I thought, if I don't start writing myself, I can't in all honesty, tell these people how to write. So my question to you is, how many of your English teachers actually write? And so I started writing short stories and actually won a few awards in short stories. So I began to understand what a single word can do to a text or what a single particular line, how to create dramatic tension in a text, because I began to work harder on the inside-out version of writing. Instead of just telling people how to write, I had to start writing myself. And it was the only way I could become the writer who could share insights about how to make others a better writer. Do you know what I mean? No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's fascinating stuff. Hey, so, uh, you know what? We know what you're going to do. You've learned a lot. I just want to tell you a couple of things. I always like to do this at the end about strength bombardment. I just want to tell you what I see in you guys for strengths now. CJ, I, I just see your patience. You've been patient with me with some of my pronouns. I really appreciate that. <laughs> it's been it's been kind of humorous to me. But uh, there were times when I mess up pronouns, and I want to say they are patient, okay? Mm. I, I want to say that because people sometimes get, when you have a certain patience, I see that in you. And it builds bridges like you can't believe. I hope you understand that, CJ. I really appreciated you being patient with me, and I see that in you. And there's a certain patience and a certain poise to you that I think is going to keep you in good stead down the road because there's nothing worth getting excited about or upset about when you can just talk about it and communicate and share your feelings. So I really appreciated that from you. I appreciated your sense also of 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 um timelines and getting things done or when things have to be done like you're really good at that stuff and just your you've got a great voice for radio i really love your voice you do it's really it's, i've had friends who you listened and they say you have a great voice you're for radio you're kidding you? i yeah. honestly hate my voice i know <laughs> no i'm telling you no the first you have yeah. a great voice and i don't know what it is there's a certain silkiness to your voice that's, that's so really weird nice. to hear because i honestly absolutely hate my voice like i hate being on recordings no, and radios no and no no yours is a conversational you develop yeah. this yours is a conversational kind of um it's not a harsh voice it's a very it, yeah. it, it's it's assertive, but it's not harsh. That's one of your great qualities. So I hope I hope I, I can see you being a radio DJ. Yeah. I radio can see DJ you being, sounds fun. 
working on this. It does sound fun. And that's right in line with some of the stuff you've been thinking about here. Just because I think you have that nice voice. And I don't listen to a radio DJ unless I like their voice. Mm. Honestly. Mm. And I think you have that in you. And Andre, you are a problem solver to me. Like, there were times, when, I don't know if you remember times we were sitting here, you threw the laptop out and you hooked things up, it wasn't working, you got it going, and you went, or ran you to, have that quickness. Yeah, ran to your, your office with the, the, the yeah. business cards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the business yeah. cards, and, yeah. And, I remember and, that. And, and getting those pieces done, but there's a sense of urgency to you to get projects done yeah. and to move things. You don't always move at the right pace sometimes. <laughs> No, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, that's true. Once you're on, but you figured that out about yourself. And that's what you learn by doing these podcasts. And that's what you learn about having real deadlines and that this is more than just an assignment. This is actually people listening to this podcast and people who expect who expect some output from us, mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. So I admire those pieces about you. And Andre, you've got a great voice as well. I think both of you have this really, really great um, vocal variety to your voice that really connects to listeners. So I, I think you have skills. I like it. You, your vocal skill variety. sets both vocal of, variety. Like, Got to put that on my resume. Yeah, you do. You have vocal variety, which is really, really good stuff. I think it's something to use in, in a resume. So hey, we're we're I guess we're coming to the end, but it's time for me to do a few quick cues with you guys. Uh oh. Ooh. Didn't expect this. Okay. This oh. is a surprise. Like this is a big surprise because you surprise everybody else. It's time for me to surprise you and, and to put you on the spot. So we'll do it this way. I've changed the quick cue questions. And uh, <laughs> we'll start now. with CJ. No, they're, they're simple. CJ, <laughs> you answer first. And then Andre, you answer second. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So do them quickly and don't. I don't say I'm with CJ or I'm with Andre. No, just yeah, answer on, whatever you want. You can't okay? agree with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask, are you ready to go with the final edition of Quick Cues? Yep. <clears throat> All right, here we go. So, butter or basil? I don't even know what the second one is. <laughs> margarine, margarine. Margarine. Butter or margarine? Neither. Both of them are fine. Doesn't matter. Okay. Andre? Yes. Well, what? Which one do you choose? Oh, 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 oh. we're doing this this way. Oh, jeez. Oh I messed up. Butter, Jeez, butter. Always butter. Yes. Butter. 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 Better with butter. Yes. Andre's yes. already failing. He, he didn't answer. Betty has break. butter. No. That's why I'm Okay. All right. So the second one is read a book or watch TV? Ooh, depends, but probably book. Watch TV. Very good. Salad. Or sandwich? Salad, 100%. Depends on the sandwich. 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 Okay. <laughs> Walking or biking? Walking. I tried biking to school this, this year and we don't I failed. Want I'm a big, I, I like okay. biking. 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 Okay. Now, would you consider yourself creative, more creative, or more technical? Oh, creative. Creative. Okay. Now, here's a good question for you. Are you more concerned with the environment or having a big salary. Environment. Having a big salary. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I, I knew that would hook one of you. Are you more city or country? Country, 100%. Uh, middle, <laughs> city? City? Was that English? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what did you just say? I appreciate both. Okay, but you live in the country. I know, but I don't mind living in the country. That's why I say I appreciate both. 
Okay, okay. Take one. Now, on. okay, pick one. English or math? English, never French. math. No, just <laughs> English, English, English. Okay. French fries or onion rings? Ooh, French fries. French fries. Okay. Netflix or Disney Plus? Netflix. Netflix variety. Okay. Guacamole <laughs> or salsa? Salsa. Guac. Ugh. <laughs> okay. Zombies or or vampires? Ah, uh, zombies. Zombies. I am one. Okay. <laughs> banana or apple? Ba uh, banana. I like a good apple. Okay. Ar artificial tree or real Christmas tree? Artificial. I don't need that tree shedding. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had a real Christmas tree. We don't. Okay. And of course, your favorite podcast host. Me. Adrian. Oh Myself. My <laughs> That's the wrong answer, okay? You can't your say yourself. Why not? You're... Adriana Magnifico, yeah, okay. of course. Mag Magnifico. Woo, they got it right. <laughs> they finally got the quick keys correct 100%. So that was my version of the quick key that changed the questions a bit. And so you felt you felt what it's like to yeah. get the quick keys. Yeah. Oh, so I, 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 I thought I'd give it to you, and I changed up the questions. Hey, I want to say to you, too, I'm so appreciative of having you alongside me doing this podcast. I will miss you immensely. I will miss you, too. Oh, there oh. goes the tears. Got to wipe all the tears. And, of course, my dog. My dog is here saying, what? He's not going to be with you anymore? <laughs> no. No, they're gone. They're We're gone. passing the seats on to the next passing, generation. The, yeah. They're passing the torch mm -hmm. to the next group of students. We who need come an actual year, torch. So. Give it, give but, it to whoever. But you comes. have, I, I'm telling you, you guys have paved the way in every group we have. I'm appreciative to the first group, Lily and Isabella. There was then Zoe and Akira. And now Andre and CJ. You, each time, each group of, of podcast co-hosts have raised the bar for the next group. And that's what you've done. So I'm so proud of you. It's been my pleasure to work with you. And that is season five, episode 12, our final podcast of the season. And we'll be back in the next semester with a new group of co-hosts. How exciting will that be? They're going to so, miss us. <laughs> I, I, I miss you right now. I appreciate you all listening. I appreciate you can check us out on uh, on all your on all your podcast platforms, and you can check out some of the interesting things some of our guests do on our Instagram, uh, Facebook, and uh, social media platforms. So, hey, I appreciate you listeners. I appreciate the the podcast team in the control room. They work. There's Ash. There's been and hey, our co-host. We had a co-host sometime who was Ooh, also yeah, Zach. Uh, Zach, Zach. Zach who helped us out. Yeah. So Zach, I was really appreciative. Of, of you filling in when Andre was stuck out in the um, back out in Il, Il de Chaine, the place, <laughs> the place of the tree. And uh, it's, it, it's been a ride as usual. So congratulations to my team. Congratulations to all the people who put this together. And that's it for season five of Adventures in Careerland. We'll see you in season six, just around the corner. Yeah.